Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. Well, it's time for a new type of dating show, one where kids have huge control over their dating parents. Joining me now to discuss the new Nine series, My Mum, Your Dad, is network executive producer for the show, John Walsh. John, thank you for joining me today at TV Central. Thanks, Aaron. Pleasure. John, you've been the executive producer or network EP on some of Australia's biggest titles, including Married at First Sight, The Voice, Beauty and the Geek, Australia's Got Talent and The 100 with Andy Lee. This one is totally different uh, kind of show. But what elements and experience do you take from these shows um, that made them a success to launch this new show for Nine? Yeah, well, it is very different. I don't think there's anything been quite like it on TV because, you know, we're quite often used to seeing casts of 20-somethings on air, you know, in, in things like Maps and Love Island, The Bachelor, 20-somethings dating. You very rarely see anyone older, 40 to 60-year-olds, their dating life being explored on TV. So uh, that's a first for kind of all of us to get our head around Tackling, tackling modern dating for people in that age category is just not something that either viewers are familiar with or uh, producers who are used to making uh, kind of dating shows are familiar with. So that was the first thing, to understand that these people, people who are 40 to 60 who have been divorced or widowed uh, have, are, are coming into dating with, with a very very different um, set of experiences from somebody who's coming in, say, as a 25-year-old who may have had one or two, you know, two or three-year-long relationship. So some of them are quite um, sensitive, still a bit raw about their, you know, we've had people in the show coming off 25 and 28-year marriages who are trying to step back into the into the dating world. So I think you need to be very conscious of the fact when dealing with them Um that uh, it's not necessarily just a bit of fun like it can be for people who rock up to the Bachelor Mansion. Um, If they've taken the step to come on TV after a long period of being married or a long period of being out of dating, uh, it's a big step for them. So I guess there are certain sensitivities around dealing with them that uh, was new. Yeah. So I've um, seen the first two episodes of the show, but for the audience, um, I guess, what is the basic premise of My Mum, Your Dad? So I guess we should start there. Yes. So the basic premise is, um, at 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 the first glance, it's 40 to 60-year-olds looking for love a second time around. But the twist of the show is... um, their their dating life, so they they turn up in a in a retreat in a mansion style situation. The twist in this though is their adult children are secretly observing their dating life and not only observing it but actively manipulating their their dating life in the in the in the mansion or what we call the retreat. So there are sort of parallel casts going on in the show at the same time. The the parents in their retreat and their adult children in a bunker literally five minutes down the road watching them on on, um, surveillance cameras and through uh, their opportunity to win influences through challenges are able to help steer their mum or dad towards either the partner they think may be best for them 
or steer them away from a partner they think may not be the right one for So how was the feel on set different uh, with my mum, your dad, to something like maths? I mean, I know it's different, in, you know, with the age thing, but would I be surprised by some similarities between the two? Very different beast to very different beast to maths. Um, the, 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 maths has a, a lot more at stake in many ways uh, because you you know match with someone you meeting someone sight unseen, marrying them at first sight. So the stakes are very high in maths. In in this situation, uh, you know, initially the initial cast of um, eight. In a retreat, who uh, and have no obligation to date one person or another, so they happen to they can feel their way around, get to know people at a pace they like. Compared to maths, where you are thrown immediately into the deep end. Um, but there are similar the other the similarities that do come up are just how people navigate um, the experience of, of trying to date somebody new. I think that's probably common. There are things common to people in this situation as there are to maths. Uh, getting to know, getting to know somebody um, in a fairly short period of time because the, the television does have certain restraints on you know the production period. I suppose like maths, some people come to maths as a last resort, so they do have their walls up quite high. And there was a, I guess there was a similar situation with some of the characters, the cast in My Mum or Dad, who have come off some bad experiences either in their marriage or most recent dating life. So they do come in a bit hesitant, uh, a bit lacking in trust, some of them. Uh, and so I suppose there are some similarities in that. With them being uh, older, they have a, a lot of lived life experience um, and have been, been involved in long-term relationships, as you said. I think one of them was in married for 28 years yes. uh, before coming on the show. So I guess you've got um, many stories for the show because some of them do open up about um, their their lives, don't they? That's right. I mean, you know, in, in, that's right. Mel, who you're talking about, in 28 years married, uh, I think six years divorced and hasn't dated in that time. Like it's a long time out of out of action, you know. So Mel is a lovely woman, uh, but who really is one with her walls up, and it's, it does take us quite some time to feel comfortable in the environment and be more trusting. She was nominated, like a lot of the parents were nominated for the show by her son, Sam. So uh, it was a big a big leap out of a comfort zone to come onto a show like this. Um, but, you know, we've had, we have stories, we have a, a widow, we have a widow, um, mm -hmm. Petula has a 22-year-old son, Dries. His dad was killed when Dries was seven months old in a car accident. It's a really sad story. Petula found herself at 28 with a seven-month-old. Mm. Um, has had, you know, some dating life since, but, you know, that's, that's a difficult thing to, to overcome. We've had, a, we've had women who were cheated on by their husbands, husbands cheated on by their wives, uh, so we have a whole lot of kind of very different stories. Um, someone has been married twice, um, twice before. And so the average age would be a, around 50, around 50. So you, you can expect that as an, in an, as an adult, of, who, people have been adult for 30 or so years, yes, they have lots of stories to talk about uh, as far as their dating experience or married life goes. So 
like I said, a lot more than people you'd normally used to seeing in, in shows like Maps. One thing that, that really pulled at the heartstrings for me was um, the kids learning some new things about their parents. Um, some of them perhaps they didn't need to know, but there was some other stuff that was that was quite pers uh, personal. Um, yeah. And they find out some really heavy stuff. Could you have ever predicted this element of the show when, when developing it? You know, we, we thought it would just be, you know, the, no, what's really surprised us, I suppose, about the show is just how invested these kids are in the happiness of their parents. You know, they've been raised as kids of single parents um, and now an opportunity has presented itself for their parents to find happiness. And I think what really strikes you is, as you will have seen, how emotional, how invested these kids get in seeing um, the possibility of their parents being happy again. Uh, it's very moving at times. Um, the kids get very moved. They get quite teary watching their parents talk about their past because this is something that some of the parents, of course, don't don't talk about at home with their children. They only speak about with their friends. So a lot of kids are hearing stuff about their parents' life for the first time and uh, sometimes it's quite confronting for them. So I, th I think that was a, a bit of a surprise. Um, kids aren't just taking it as a bit of fun having, you know, uh, spending a couple of weeks in a bunker with some other young people, they they really are uh, committed to seeing their parents happy. And I, I think that's a, one of the sort of joys of the series for me, actually. <laughs> when when these kids are making decisions and recommendations, um, do you think they, they made it through the lens of what their parents like or rather what the kids think is important and what they believe their parents should, um, who they should be with? Um, do you, or do you think maybe it's a bit of both? I, I, a lot of them have very strong opinions on, on their on their parents' dating life. They they, they can be quite involved. Um, some of them, you know, will sit with their parents when they're deciding whether or not to swipe left or swipe right for somebody on a, a dating app. Um, and a lot of the kids will quite freely say that their parents make a lot of wrong choices in dating. They marry, they, they date a lot of the same type, and it's the wrong type for them. Um, so in this case, they're very much picking who they think is best for their parents, not the ones their parents would normally go for. Um, Marette, for example, her daughter, Tonya. Marette, Tonya's convinced that her mum always goes for the bad boys. Uh, it hasn't worked out for it in the past. Uh, so she's trying to steer her mum into, you know, with the, in the best way she can remotely, trying to steer it towards a different type. And you, you find that, with a couple of the um, with a couple of the kids, so they're very much after what they think is best for their parent, not necessarily well what their parent needs, not what they want. Yeah, I just a very quick random question to throw in: um, Am I the only one that reckons that one of the mums uh, is a dead ringer for Sarah Harris? <laughs> she is a bit on that. <laughs> I think that's it's right. Chris, Christy. Yeah, Christy, that's right. No, I knew you mean. Uh, well, I can say now on uh, I can say now on TV Central, it's not Sarah. <laughs> dead, You've dead. got that exclusively. It's not Sarah. <laughs> it's not Sarah. It, it is a dead ringer, though. But yes. uh, I reckon it is anyway. Um, let, let's go to Kate Langbrook. Um, I thought she was an interesting choice for this show. I thought initially, um, 
I mean, she's obviously familiar to the audience on radio and shows like Have You Been Paying Attention? And I wasn't sure if her comedic style would suit this format. By the way, completely wrong on that. She She's a perfect balance between being a mum to the kids, having a, a sense of humour, being serious when needing to be, showing empathy. Great choice. Um, what were you looking for in terms of, of a host for the show? Well, I think you just go, first of all, that was a very good description of, of Kate and how her role turned out to be. Um, we looked at a lot of people for something like this because... It's quite, a, it's quite tricky because, as you're right, they've got to be able to relate to two different sort of demographics of people. So they have to be relatable to a group of 40 to 60-year-olds. They also have to be relatable to a group of, you know, young 20-somethings uh, because she does, Kate does sp spend time in, in both houses. Um, and Kate's came, name came up one day, and uh, we all know her, as you say, from radio and from TV in the past. She's a fun character. But, you know, if you dig a bit deeper, and Kate also has three, I think, late teenage boys. I think that's right. And uh, so she's kind of the fun mum, you know. She's a fun mum. So uh, to her own kids and her kids' friends, um, and, of course, the parents know her, better from you know from radio and being around she's more their age so when we we found that kate turned out to be great because the the kids found her fun to be around the parents related to her because she's about their age um, and it's tricky to find somebody who can straddle both those things quite comfortably uh, we did want someone who had children who had adult children who could relate to the the kids in the cast um and so once we locked on to Kate, we uh, we kind of n never looked any further. The show uh, starts with four single women and four single men. Um, how does the show progress? Is it, you know, an elimination style program and intruders coming in? H how does the show work um, after the sort of the first episode with the four and four? Yes, yeah, so, so there there are eliminations and new, new, new singles come in. Um, and it all builds towards, so there, there are the regular eliminations and regularly people, new people come in, uh, but it all builds towards, uh, unlike The Bachelor or Maths, it, it, it builds towards a blessing, what we call a blessing ceremony, where the end game is, will the kids give their blessing to a new coupling for their parents? So it's about the kids in the end making a decision on whether or not they think are, um a connection that parents may have formed in the uh, retreat is something they would give their blessing to for their parents to continue outside of the experience. So the kids are constantly tracking and watching and observing and uh, coming to a conclusion ultimately of whether or not they should give their blessing to this union. Well, the, the kids are involved in challenges along the way. Um, I think you mentioned that at the start of the podcast. Um, they're involved in some games and stuff and, and they kind of win control of the dating situation of their parents. Why was the, the challenge element sort of added to the show? What was that sort of to bring to the show? Well, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun way for us. It's a fun way for that, for that demographic to uh, participate in activity and to how we can, how we can get to a result where we have a winner from the challenge to give them the power to do something. Um, the show itself is a combination of fun and kind of emotion and and drama, 
more, you know, more fun and emotional. And so that was a, a nice way to incorporate some fun moments to um, lighten up the um, the sort of the course of the action, which it sometimes can get quite, you know, teary and emotional. And we felt it was important to also have a, a fun aspect. And a lot of that does come through these challenges. I want to ask a, um, like a holistic question. Um, and this is literally for every dating show ever. The, the accepted applicants are always from, from all over Australia. Realistically, that usually wipes out sort of potential love because a person from Brisbane with a family is less likely to move to a small, you know, WA mining town or vice versa. I mean, this happens on every show. I've always wondered how come producers don't think of accepting applicants from say Victoria for the first season and New South Wales for the second season and then move around if the show continues. Would that not give couples more of an opportunity for a real shot at love? I, I just always find that interesting that there's couples, all, you know, all over Australia. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, in America, for example, Married at First Sight, you have a much, you're talking about a much bigger population pool, but Married at First Sight will do a series in, a, in one city, for example. Mm. Uh, but they can afford to do that because of the population size. Um, to do it, well, there's a couple of things. First of all, we need to draw in a, a, bigger, a bigger pool of people as we can um, to get the yeah. broadest range of characters we can. Secondly, um, it's where you know it's on Channel Nine. It's a national network, and people like to see people from their own state represented uh, in programs. So to have a whole show full of Victorians, one season, then a whole show of people only from Queensland, um, I think in in commercial TV terms, hmm. it's a bit it's, it's excluding a, a big portion of our um, potential market. So that's one of the reasons we do it. Um, we hope that there are people within the with within cities that will get paired up. And there there is a case. There are quite a few people from Melbourne in this cast. Uh, there are a couple of people in Sydney who don't live very far apart at all. Um, but it, there's no doubt about it. You're right, Aaron. It, it is a challenge in these shows because quite often it seems to be someone from Perth will like somebody in Sydney. You know. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that is a real challenge, but it's just the logistics, uh, the pool of people we need to call from, and the fact that we want to represent, you know, the the sort of Australian population that is a reason why it happens, and you know, potentially one of the um, downsides is the geographical challenge sometimes of making a, a match work. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, back to back to the show. Um, yes. Did I see some flirting um, amongst a couple of the adult kids in the show? <laughs> that was uh, unexpected. And was that a possibility in your mind? Uh, we always knew it was a possibility. You put um, eight or more, you know, young young people together uh, for a period of time. Um, yeah, I think that yeah, there is some flirting between them. Uh, whether that goes anywhere or not, you need to wait and see. But um, that's not the well, not the intention of the show. But um, for, for the for the most part, it's just some uh, friendly banter and flirting amongst the uh, amongst the kids. Their focus is very much on their parents. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that wasn't the intention. But yeah, there you go. Quite a few uh, young adults in a room. Anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the, the parents don't know the kids are watching, so there is some 
pretty raw material there. Um, in the first episode, one of the dads makes a, a comment about one of the mums, which was quite hurtful. The daughter, yes. the daughter was quite hurt by that. Again, are these things that were possibilities or being the first season was some of this stuff sort of unforeseen? Well, yeah, we didn't really know how much the parents were prepared to reveal about things. Um, uh, so we didn't really know what they were going to say and what their kids would hear. There are a couple of times where uh, there's a truth or dares segment in the show a bit later in the series where there's some revelations about their dating history and sexual history that I think the kids do find a bit beyond cringy, you know, a bit confronting. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of cringy things they hear, as you would have seen already. Uh, but um, no, we, we we really didn't know exactly what the parents were prepared to say. And like a lot of these shows, they get comfortable very quickly. They forget the cameras are there. And um, they speak more freely than perhaps we'd anticipated. Um, certainly more than they would have been anticipated if they'd known their kids were watching. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess ultimately this show's about love. I guess some people are coming back for their second chance. There was the lady that you mentioned that her husband had died. Um, you don't want to obviously reveal the ending, but are, are we going to see some some sparks fly in this series? There's some some people make some genuine connections in it, yeah, which is great to see. And it's um, it's great to see that I think that no matter what age you are, people still get they still get butterflies about you know the idea of um, you know, a new love with someone or making a new connection. And I think what people will see from this, that's quite universal regardless of what age you are. And so um, people get nervous about what they've said, second guess, you know, if I said the right thing, am I look, how do I look, and all those things that are, are quite co common as it turns out to, to any age or any age of people dating. Yeah. Well, John, before we go, I, I might as well try. Um, anything you can reveal about maths for next season? Maths? Well, we're, we're right at the pointy end of uh, filming maths for season 10. Um, we're through most of the uh, – We've actually, we're through all the commitment ceremonies now. So we know uh, where we're up to coming down towards – final. we're getting towards the final vows. Uh there are some great characters, I can tell you. There's some uh, there's some love matches. There's some great drama. There's a couple of scandals, uh, which are different from anything, the kind of things we've seen previously. Oh, oh. Um, so, you know, I don't, it's certainly not rinse and repeat on what your expectations would be, what you've seen from Mass before is uh, just not the same kind of stories repeated. Uh, fresh characters doing different things have produced uh, different results. So uh, we're very happy with how it's looking, and, and we're all, you know, all well and truly on track for 2023. And uh, maths fans won't be disappointed. Absolutely, John. My mum, your dad is is certainly a, an uh, an interesting experiment and quite beautiful in in so many, I would say, unexpected ways. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. Really appreciate you taking the time and the interest in the show. Thanks, everyone.
That was Network Executive Producer John Walsh, your mum, your dad, Mondays and Tuesdays, 7.30 on 9 and 9 now from November the 7th. That's it for this one-on-one podcast, the latest news, radio, podcast and streaming options. Head to TV Centre. I'm Aaron Ryan. Until next time, bye for now.